You're listening to the second episode of Shawzy 24-7. Welcome to the Shawzy 24-7 podcast. Talking real estate, title insurance, development, business, and all things Philly. Now let's welcome in your host. He's back. Mark Shaw. Mark Shaw. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Shawzy 24-7. Today's conversation is with William Borghetti, entrepreneur, investor, and advisor. Also a good friend of mine over the last several years. We've done a lot of work together. William is the president of Title.io, a Salt Lake City-based technology company that provides data integration and automation solutions for title um, companies, escrow companies, law firms, and mortgage lenders throughout the United States. William is also the managing director at Definity Technology Ventures, a technology capital firm that invests technology and working capital into data-centric technology ventures. Prior to Title.io, William was the CEO of Sensei Networks, a secure communication platform for the financial services industry, and was the founder, president, and chief technology officer of Campus Pipeline, which was acquired by SunGuard Data Systems. In addition to investing and incubating data-centric technology companies through Definity, William is an active angel investor in and advisor to several local companies in the Utah area that are pioneering advancements in various fields, including information security, big data, mobile health, and medical uh, devices. Over the last several years, William has been recognized by a series of organizations for his entrepreneurship. And without further ado, William Borghetti, welcome to Shawzy 24-7. Thanks, Mark. Great to be with you. I haven't spoken to you in a few weeks. Uh, how's Utah treating you? You know, it's a great time of year. Everything's starting to turn green. Still a little bit of snow high in the mountains and uh, less focus on skiing and more on work. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm glad because of all the things that you're doing for us. So, um, you know, I, I always said a piece of software, William, to start off, shouldn't determine how your business uh, should set its operations. It should instead um, strengthen the way that your process works. And Title.io, for certain, has done a great job at facilitating and bringing automation into the worldwide land transfer uh, process, uh, the way that we do things. Uh, can you talk about, uh, right off the bat, automation, uh, what it is, and the difference between automation and um, an automated company and a digitized company, and uh, where we are now in 2018? Um, so just a little background. I don't know uh, if your listeners are familiar with Title.io, but we're uh, a technology company based in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we have a, uh, a really interesting technology that we call PremiseSync, and it's been renamed, so that information is new for you, Mark. And what makes PremiseSync interesting is it's helping title escrow mortgage lenders uh, really within the title industry, broader real estate settlement industry, uh, address, fix, and overcome challenges that relate to user experience, relate to efficiencies, productivity gains, and really opening up new revenue opportunities. And uh, we've been working together with Worldwide Land Transfer, Mark, as you know, for the better half of two years. And I think not so much from a functional standpoint, I think when you talk about 
integrations and you talk about software and connecting those, uh, the first thing that typically comes to mind with most companies and most individuals is sort of what we call a functional integration, meaning, hey, I'd love for you to think about connecting A to B. And then we also talk about automation, which is different than integration. And automation is really saying, hey, it's taking me 17 clicks to accomplish a task. Can we do that in three clicks? And so oftentimes integration uh, enables automation, but uh, they're often different. Uh, at Tidal.io, we look at integration uh, in two dimensions. We look at what we call a shallow integration. A shallow integration might just be, you know, hey, we're having to go log into another system. Uh, be great if we could just, you know, not have to do that and you know put a checkbox in this system and prevent that extra activity. That would be awesome. So you're just think of it functionally as you're kind of connecting two different systems, but what we're looking at uh, with Tidal.io is going beyond that sort of quick functional automation and saying, hey, what, what can we learn uh, about the data and what can we learn from the flow of information to help you make more informed decisions? And it could be something as simple as don't schedule a closing on a Friday. And the reason being is you're, the data shows that you're not as efficient or you're not as effective. Uh, or you frequently have clients that show up to a closing late or, you know, you're not able to fund typically by end of day and you don't have an extra day to deal with it until the following Monday. There could be a variety of reasons which the data might give you indication on how you could better perform and kind of rethink how you operate your business. So for us, that's super exciting because we're really at kind of the the very beginning of leveraging data to uh, provide automation, right? And to help you kind of think, well, I've always done it this way. And if you didn't have to do it that way, and if you could do it this way and it could be automated, uh, would that save you time? Would that improve the customer experience? And would that generate more revenue? So I think that those are the things that have been really exciting about frankly, working with Worldwide Land Transfer is that uh, the team there has been very progressive in saying, you know, it's not just about automation. It's also about saying, hey, we have to be competitive. And being competitive in the marketplace means that you're not simply offering the cheapest solution. You're saying, hey, we're faster. Uh, we're more accurate. Uh, we provide better updates. We give better information flow about the status of a transaction. Uh, and all of those things are, are possible through integration and through automation. So I think that, you know, it's, it's often just looked at, Mark, very one-dimensionally by saying, you know, automate this or automate that function. I think that's a, a narrow way to see it. Uh, just like what we've done with Worldwide Land and other companies in the industry is is take a holistic view and say, look, this isn't just about efficiencies. I know there's a lot of attraction to just be efficient and to remove cost. But I think as you start to think about marketing and you start to think about you know how an organization treats its customers, there's a compelling argument also to how you can engage them more effectively, engage them on tools that they have like a mobile phone more effectively. Um, you know what I mean? Just use integration, use um, automation as a way to really stand out in a, in a busy crowd. So those are things that we're pioneering and those are things that are uh, obviously top of mind for us as we're developing new advancements. Yeah, that's awesome, William. And the reality is Title.io has done some amazing things with us in regards to our current platform in terms of moving tasks and events around in an automated fashion, uh, all while saving documents to the appropriate places. Advancements that have provided a level of efficiency and transparency that you know really never existed until now. Um, you know, It brings to mind uh, what you guys have been able to do for us in terms of portal sync. Yes. 
um, Sync is essentially our own title company for the customer in a box. Um, <laughs> it allows all real estate transactions, current and past, to be viewed and downloaded. Every document um, we've ever um, produced or had executed is there for the for the client to see at any time, 24-7. Um, at the same time, be able to upload and so on and so forth. Tell me a little bit about Portal Sync and um, the advancements that you have brought to the title sphere. Yeah, and it's actually a great point because when you talk about communication updates to the parties, right, you, you feel compelled as a title company and an escrow company to not only keep a buyer and seller apprised of the status of the closing and any issues that may be uh, relevant, but also the professional parties, right? There's realtors, there's lenders, there's a bunch of others that have a vested interest in making sure the transaction goes smoothly. So pretty quickly, you see that as a hub, there's a lot of spokes that uh, emanate outward that need information. And, and oftentimes each of those uh, spokes that emanate from the hub need different information. So what you're sending to the um, lender might be very different than what you would send to a, a broker or an agent, for example, it might be very different than what you'd send to the buyer side versus the seller side. So I think that that is one of the more complex parts of the industry. And when you look at the fact that like Worldwide Land, there's a number of tools that are already sort of in situ, already in place and being utilized where your team is familiar with those tools. How do you sort of tap into that workflow and how do you sort of tap into what you're comfortable doing with one or two clicks and just automatically determine that information is for that party needs to go to this contact, uh, information for this party type needs to go to that contact and do it without any emailing and without security issues and being able to smartly predict kind of what needs to go where. So so that's a very powerful capability for the tile industry. And you can just imagine that, you know, not only is it, hey, I need information prior to closing. One of the problems facing the industry is, hey, we've already closed and I'm 30 days after the close of the transaction, I need a copy of the settlement statement. So that's a pain for the person requesting it because they never really get it quickly. And it's a pain for the title company because, you know, they got to go dig out the file and find the information they need and make sure that they disseminate it securely. So when you really think about all of these typical use cases where traditional means are deployed, meaning I'm going to call you or I'm going to email you, they're just very, very inefficient. And I think the industry largely, Mark, has been kind of doing what they have always done because they're familiar with it. And I think what's groundbreaking about what Worldwide Land has done is simply saying, look, if I already have the software in place, how can I tie it to an external system like PortalSync and leverage this data integration technology so that it smartly can detect where we are in the transaction? It knows who the parties are. Uh, it knows the type of information that those parties require. And frankly, we can just click a button once and move on to the next transaction and kind of we're heroes. So I think those are groundbreaking capabilities and it's exciting for us to watch, you know, innovators like Worldwide Land deploy that and really use that to their advantage to say, hey, 
not only are we experts at the transaction, but we're also experts at getting information to the right parties quickly and efficiently and, and on their terms. So that's kind of groundbreaking. And I think if you didn't have the pieces, right, if those technology components weren't available for worldwide land to have to go build a portal and to have to go build out the infrastructure and deal with security and notifications and branding and all the stuff that would have to go with it would be a really big task. Um, and so I think that that's really where technology partners come in and play a big role in saying, hey, how can that technology be leveraged? Let worldwide land focus on its core mission of helping customers in the industry close on real estate and, you know, cherry pick some of the, the best of breed solutions to, to really bring the, um, you know, the user experience to a level that uh, very few others are even capable of. And William, so, that's why we have you. <laughs> so Portal Sync is absolutely great for that. You know, we mentioned in, in talking about Portal Sync, and I alluded to it before when I when I mentioned all the syncs and order sync and secure sync. Let's let's go backwards a, a second. You know, we take everything for granted, and we're just jumping into automation and um, how Title IO comes in and just revolutionizes the way we we do things here. Let's talk about security, um, secure sync, and the backbone of these technologies. Especially, it's a hot topic in today's cyber world, where you know security and personal security and uh, email fraud, social engineering, um, uh, stealing someone's identity, wire fraud. Let's talk about SecureSync and the way that documents are shared back and forth through email encryption and what have you. What is SecureSync and and how is it used? Yeah, great question. And sometimes we forget, we just kind of run into all these great applications that use the underlying technology. And we forget sometimes to take a minute to mention what the underlying technology is and how it works. But Title.io is a company that really got its start uh, early with a partnership with First American uh, around integrating um, with a lot of First American's core software systems, the ability to send documents and to send messages securely to various parties. So secure email was uh, kind of a big part of that and dealing with end-to-end encryption and making sure that they were protected as senders, but importantly, the confidential information of the parties uh, was being protected as it got delivered to an endpoint. So very, very uh, important capability. And with any new feature and any new functionality like that, comes the need to kind of think about how do you integrate that into your current workflow? So if you're sending some messages non-secure, regular email, and you're sending some messages securely, well, um, that's great, but you still want to be able to bring everything into the file, and you may be using a tool to store all your documents uh, in one location, and you want a copy of all your communication, not just your secure communication and not just your non-secure communication. So as soon as you start to think about any new feature uh, or any new capability, there almost in, inevitably is the need to integrate that with what you're doing and to be able to make sense of it. So uh, SecureSync, which we now call Mark PremiseSync, and that's really for on-premise integration and synchronizing on-premise systems uh, with cloud services. So SecureSync and PremiseSync are largely used interchangeably, but PremiseSync is a componentized uh, integration software architecture that was born out of that need. And it was basically saying, hey, 
Um, I've got a document in this system. I really want to put that same document over here in that system. Or I have data in a third-party system, and I need to put it inside of my internal title production system, for example. So PremiseSync does some magical things. But remember, it's not necessarily adding functionality like PortalSync. Uh, what PremiseSync does is it, hard, it handles the hard kind of heavy lifting of integrating with on-premise systems and connecting those on-premise systems securely with any other data source anywhere in the world. So it could be a Microsoft Excel file sitting on your desktop that connects to my title production system. It can be Salesforce in the cloud. It can be our Portal Sync product. It can be anything. So PremiseSync kind of changes the game with respect to how progressive organizations like Worldwide Land think about their business. Because instead of saying, hey, how do I make my current process more efficient? You get to ask a different question, which is, how do I make my business more efficient? And in some cases, that might mean changing your business process. And it may mean eliminating steps. And it may mean eliminating tools or adding other pieces to the mix. So it's kind of one of those really neat capabilities. Just like if you have a road what else can you use the road for other than a car? Well, you could walk on it. You can transport goods and services on it. You can ride your bike on it. It has a lot more value than just simply a mechanism for allowing a car to get from A to B. So when you think about that kind of infrastructure from a data perspective, it really opens uh, a lot of opportunities to be able to kind of rethink your information flow. And so specific to a title company, and this is not necessarily a technology that's title specific, but applying it to a title company, you've got problems with data capture, right? You've got lenders that want to send orders to you. You've got realtors that want to send orders to you. You've got buyers and sellers that want to open up orders and help you with escrow and help you with title searches. So have you helped them with those services? So there's a lot of uh, inbound data and documents that need to be secure, need to be convenient, have to be easy to use, but they're coming in in different ways. So how do you kind of think about automating that? How do you think about confirming those orders with those parties? How do you think about giving them access and insight into the process as soon as those orders are open, right? right? So, so there's some really difficult challenges, but if you have kind of in your back pocket this innate ability to move data from A to B to C to D, and you don't have to get bogged into the technical details of doing that, you can focus on the business rules and you can focus on the configuration, then that kind of changes how you see your business. And I think that's what that's an important series of dots that Worldwide Land was able to, to connect quickly by saying, well, wait a minute here. We've always done it this way. Um, what if we did this? What if we did that? And I think those what ifs is actually the fun part of what we do as a company is just allowing a whole new way of thinking to occur with a business owner that isn't necessarily just making an existing process more efficient. It's rethinking the entire thing from the beginning to the end. William, you talk about roads and this conversation and technology. I, all I can think of is Doc Brown saying, we don't need roads where we're going. <laughs> um, office automation software, you know, isn't the only thing that uh, we have to use on a daily basis. You know, whether it's uh, whether you're a title company or any any type of company that's generating sales, you have CRM, you've got marketing automation, you've got all kinds of financial software that you use. You know, bringing them all together and having all these systems, you really need a tool to bring it all together. And I feel like that's what you guys do. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think the challenge, though, Mark, and this may not be obvious on the surface, but when you get into it, is that some of the best of breed solutions that you want to use, let's call it marketing automation or let's call it CRM, uh, a lot of those solutions are sitting in the cloud. In other words, they're not uh, on-premise software solutions that are sitting on a server in your closet in your office. Um, you know, these are maintained. They're multi-tenant systems that are, uh, you know, available uh, publicly. So how do you connect securely to those? How do you get data that you need when they change in the cloud and bring them into an on-premise system? And I think the reverse, which is, you know, going from the on-prem to the cloud, uh, you need the right technology, you need the right tool to do that. The other thing that this is really kind of groundbreaking is it gets away from the one-size-fits-all where you're, you have feel compelled or you have to go into a direction where um, you really like the CRM functionality of a solution in the cloud, but you're really not too happy with the accounting module or you're not too happy with the marketing module. So now you're in a spot where, geez, you can pick the best of breed solution that works great for you and the way that you do business and have confidence knowing that you can connect it to an accounting system. You can connect it to a marketing system. You can connect it easily to your document repository or your title production system. So having those kind of integrations and the ability to just work with what you like and what works great for your business is groundbreaking because you don't feel compelled to have to sacrifice your business process to fit into somebody else's software. And that's really important because I think most companies feel compelled to do that, right? It's sort of like, well, we're not a software company. We can't redesign our entire software stack. We just kind of have to work with what's there. And this flips that on its head and says, hey, this is our business process. This is what we need to do to be successful. What software is out there that can accommodate our flow? And I think that's a different way to look at it. William, talk about uh, kitchen, kitchen sink. We've spoken about it, the, the two of us. Uh, let, let's talk about how kitchen sink can help uh, today's title company. So kitchen sink is kind of a funny name that, uh, that we started with with our software because it can kind of do anything. And we were looking for a product name at the time, and we're saying, well, how do we even name this? I mean, it's crazy all the different ways our customers are using this technology. Um, and so one of our engineers sort of jokingly said, hey, let's just call it kitchen sink, and it kind of stuck. But um, you know, think of how unusual it is to be able to come up in your head with new functionality, new features for an existing software product and not rely on the software vendor to make those changes for you. I mean, we've all been in this position, think about this, Mark, where, God, I wish the software did this, or oh, if we only had this button here, or after 30 days from the transaction closing, I really wanna be able to restrict the file and notify this and reorganize the contents, or whatever it may be. Now, doing that within the software could be incredibly time consuming. So wouldn't it be great if you could just, outside of the system, configure whatever rule that you can come up with? If the folder status is this, then do that, right? Uh, and be able to act on that and be able to trigger the movement of data and documents to any remote system is incredibly powerful. So the hardest part, to be honest with you, Mark, about Kitchen Sink is to try to get our customers' heads around the capability. And this is a human factor. So think of, you know, you get trained on a particular software solution 
and you get familiar with it, you get comfortable, you understand the philosophy and the design of the software, and you then constrain your thinking to be bounded, right, by the design of the software. Oh, you can't do that because that's not designed to do that. Oh, I can't really do this because it's not really designed that way. So most users simply accept that limitation and they just work within it. And I think the powerful part of what our kitchen sink software does is it just says, look, if the data and the documents are in the system, you can do anything you want with them. You can rename them, you can send them somewhere, you can send them securely, you can move them to a portal, you can update them, you can send them for signature, you can get them back signed, you can then send signed documents. So the, the list goes on and on with all the applications. But again, the challenge is not so much what we can do, it's how do we train our customers to think creatively? And how do we train our customers and our partners to not be otherwise bound by these artificial rules and these limitations that are put on them with current software? And that's kind of an interesting problem. Yeah, William, you talk about artificial rules and some of the governance that, that is essentially stopping a lot of things from happening. Um, we talk about signatures and we talk about creativity and you know this leads me into um, the e-signature world and where we're going with digital closings and e-closings. And just yesterday, I think the Pennsylvania, uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania passed legislation to allow um, e-notary, uh, notary that's not present um, with the signer. Um, it's only a matter of time before the counties adopt this way of thinking and allow a, um, a mortgage or a deed to be recorded uh, with an e-notary stamp instead of um, the wet signature that everyone's accustomed to um, mandating. Um, where do you see things going and how fast do you see them? I'm talking countrywide here. Obviously, you know, you live in a very progressive area in Utah and I know things happen very fast out there. Um, I live in an area that is probably somewhere in the middle. They try and stick with technology and try and you know adopt things i mean you, you look at what what's going on in vermont and cook county mm -hmm. illinois um where do you see this conversation going and how fast do you think the the adaptation towards the e-closing all the way through to automatically hitting distributed ledger technology or a blockchain recordation yeah it's a great question mark and it's something that we have lots of conversations about we certainly you know title io is connected to a broad very diverse uh, array of companies, right? We deal with realtors, we deal with uh, lenders, we're dealing with title insurers, we're dealing with software vendors in the space, we deal with, of course, title and escrow companies, uh, abstract firms that have partnerships with uh, title and escrow companies. So it's, it's a really interesting space. There's a lot of discussion around uh, e-closing, e-notary, e-closings. And I think what makes it complex is that there's so many different, uh, you know, vantage points and there's so many different uh, requirements. So an example, of course, is acceptance by the buyer. Will they accept that or will they say, no, I just want to come into the office and sign the documents? So can you force a buyer to you know, go on an electronic signature when they really, from a uh, user and a payer of services, ultimately are the ones that you know, may want to dictate that? That's an open question. There's open questions regarding uh, acceptance with lenders, 
So if you forget about for, exec, uh, for just in a uh, second, the county and the state and the U.S. government, which are, which are enacting laws regarding the acceptance of these technologies and the legitimacy of that, uh, we still find, because we're in the middle of the integration stream from one title company to one lender, is, is oftentimes they don't accept that. Uh, interestingly, we'll have lenders that wholeheartedly accept a borrower's authorization. And for those uh, you know, listening don't know what that is, it's essentially a payoff request so that the, the lender can pay off the previous loan and understand exactly what the settlement amount is at closing. So documents like that progressively are more and more accepted, meaning that, you know, hey, I just need your account number and I need to contact the other lender to get a payoff. But in terms of the actual deed of trust, uh, there's less acceptance of that just because of the need for a physical notary. So I think that the challenge, Mark, that the industry is really facing is that this isn't a state issue. It isn't a national issue. It's really a local issue. And every county uh, in the in the country, and there's just millions of, of small counties that are out there, obviously I'm exaggerating the number, but you get the, the gist. Many states have so many counties, and each of those counties uh, facilitate uh, recording of real estate in a different way and have their own rules and have their own process. So it's it's really a difficult challenge to just come to the table with a, a technology solution that frankly just works functionally. I think the big thing is understanding too that most uh, residential real estate and a big chunk of the commercial, but certainly the bulk of the residential real estate purchases uh, are facilitated through a loan through a bank. And most banks don't hold the paper on those. They actually bundle those as a security and they resell those to a secondary market. So the need to resell a loan and bundle those into the secondary market is actually a big driver in terms of the consistency of how the paperwork is uh, gathered and how the paperwork is um, is settled, right? So it's just, it's a big problem. And I think we're super excited about the whole e-notary and the whole e-closing and the e-everything e because regardless of really who emerges as the leader in that space, uh, we stand to benefit because we can help move you know, documents and move data and really be part of an automated workflow to facilitate that for really any title company. I think that um, the need is, is there, the need is massive, and it will take a lot of uh, cost and, frankly, inefficiency uh, improvements and gains will be huge. But I think that just change on the human scale will be a little bit slower probably than uh, what we would otherwise want to see. Absolutely agreed. And, you know, the, the e-everything, as you put it, you know, it's only the beginning. You know, once you have the e-ad adoption across the board, that opens the door finally for the blockchain to essentially exist in a county uh, and allow those records to be instantly updated, properties to instantly change hands and information to be instantly obtainable. Um, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about reports and analytics and some of the problems that a lot of title companies have uh, and how Title.io might be able to help them there. Yeah, so this is a big issue, and this is something that we talk a lot about. And I think that, um, you know, just to reference what's happening in Hawaii and with the volcano and the lava, um, you know, a year ago, that lava was probably not that much further underground from where they were sleeping uh, soundly at night. Um, 
but it, there was no fissure in the in the ground that allowed that lava to eke up to the surface and uh, cause the devastation it's causing. So I use that as an example, meaning that what's out of sight is often out of mind, and there could be trouble uh, or excitement, right, lurking right underneath the surface. So kind of visually getting your head inside of that is the same sort of thing that's happening right now within the title production world and within the sort of file and folder management world within the industry. It's just incredible how much data is sitting there and how much of that data and Mark, you're on the progressive end of the scale without question with worldwide land transfer and what worldwide land has been able to do from an automation perspective. But just think of uh, what a blue sky opportunity exists for leveraging data and being able to decision and to really drive uh, improved results for your business based on those data. So I'll just give you a classic example. So sitting uh, within your system is where you get orders. And if I were to ask a typical title uh, company owner, I'd say, well, which of your orders are the most profitable? And they wouldn't really be able to answer that question because they have get you know orders from one broker, they get orders from other agents, and they may sp spend an equal amount of time on orders from each of those sources, but yet one consistently results in a more profitable, better experience than the other. Why, right? So it's important to know that. The other is from an internal standpoint of you've got, let's say, five closers that might be working for you. Well, which ones actually do more closings? Uh, which ones actually have better reviews and have better customer feedback results based on the closing? Which ones have fewer problems post-closing? Um, and, you know, you might have a kind of a spider sense of what that might be just kind of on an ancillary or anecdotal basis, but you probably don't have within a couple clicks of your fingertips the ability to sort of say, hey, let's let's look at how much time these people are spending, let, our employees I'm, I'm referring to, let's look at what the results are in terms of the, the dollar value of what they're managing. Let's look at the results from a standpoint of the efficacy of those employees and, and develop cogent strategies for making sure that the right orders get assigned to the right employees and that you're importantly um, developing those that are deficient and you're looking to recruit those that have the right characteristics for what you know will make you successful. So I just think that data is uh, really at the um, you know, underground and just out of reach for most. And things that we're doing with our premising technology and being able to reveal uh, that information and put it in the hands of a title owner is, is absolutely groundbreaking, right? And I think title suffers, like a lot of industries, from just being excessively busy. And there's, without a question, there's so much busy work and so much paperwork and so much uh, that is typically not automated with the typical title company that they're often overwhelmed and they just don't have time to be able to say, hey, I'm so busy dealing with customers. I'm so busy dealing with emails. I'm so busy being on the phone with lenders and just dealing with uh, issues that are preventing a closing. I don't have time to really think progressively and proactively about my business. So I think that if there ever was or were a business that needed uh, data, 
to help them make better decisions and uh, make them more informed, it's the title industry, right? Just because there's so much manual effort, so much work that's being done uh, on a human level. So I think we're just scratching the surface, Mark, with um, you know the opportunity. We're super excited about it because everybody that we show kind of what we can do and and what data is available, they almost look at you, you know, um, with a surprised look saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that sort of information is right there. So that's really exciting also. It's not so much from an integration perspective. It's just saying, hey, let's reveal what's already there and just make you faster and make you stronger. William, my spidey sense actually does tell me that you're working on some pretty unique things uh, that are coming up in the future. I know you can't disclose everything. Um, there's certain things that are in the works, but give me an idea. What, what are you guys working on right now? The Spidey Sense? Well, there's a couple of things that we're going to be bringing to market in 2018 that are really kind of a result of integrations and the result of what our technology can do. Uh, and we're super excited about it. So one is an order automation product, and the other is our customer feedback and rating review management product. So let me quickly talk about the the rating and review piece and why this is so important. Is that think about how you do as a business is not only great to understand from the actual user of your service, like a buyer and like a seller, right, who are ultimately paying the fee for a closing, but unlike a lot of industries, the buyer and the seller may not be the procuring cause of the sale, meaning that the referral may have come from a realtor who is representing the buyer or seller, or it may have come from a lender that you already have a relationship with. So these dynamics are hard. And I think as a title company, you're always competing against the other title company or companies. How do you impress upon that lender that you're working with that you're the premier service provider and that you should be getting more of the work uh, and you need to have automated ways that can track your performance, not only that, hey, there was a closing, but my goodness, we did a great job with the buyer. We did a great job with the seller. Here's the feedback that we got from those parties. And let's be able to get that back to the, uh, the referring agent or the referring lender and do that in an automated way. So what that represents is kind of a game changer because not only does that help improve the user experience, meaning immediately after a closing, Tell us how we did. Tell us how we can do better. And being able to interject that information back to a title company so that they can rethink what they did well, what they didn't do so well on, and how to improve that in the future. So I think that there's an efficiency gain there. Uh, I think there's an experience and just overall level of service improvement that's possible. But I think that one of the most important things that we're hearing from our customer is, hey, we get 20 orders a month from lenders or we get 50 orders a, a month from from a lender how do i communicate with them and let them know hey we did 42 closings and here's how we did and not only did we do great but we're stewards of um you know your customer in such a way that we should be getting all of your referrals not just the ones that we're getting so for you to do that mark and for you to gather that information on a manual basis you'd have to go hire some people to do that. You, you don't have the time to be able to go 
grab all the review data, you know, chunk it based on whether it was a residential or commercial, whether it was a purchase or a refi, um, by county, by, I mean, so it's just a tremendous amount of effort. Go back to the file, look to see what closed, what hasn't closed, see how you did performance relative to a smaller closing versus a larger closing. So the list goes on and on. Tremendous amount of data, a lot of complexity in how you chunk the data and then how you present it. So we think that this product is groundbreaking, just being able to not only automate the feedback on a, a transaction, but I think importantly, be able to go back to those critical parties where you get the substantial amount of your inbound order volume from, which are the professional parties in a transaction, and be able to give them an, uh, a report that is professionally done, that is hyper accurate, and reflects what a great job that you guys did with your customer. And so no one's doing those things today. Uh, no one's being able to sort of re-inject that customer data back into workflows for uh, efficiency purposes and for improvement. And I think that this is going to become sort of the new normal for how title companies engage their customers to sort of, number one, see how they did, but importantly, report that information back to the referring party. So we're really, really excited about that. The other product that uh, that we mentioned is that we're working on and uh, we hope to launch this year is our new order sync product. And we've had some conversations with that, Mark. This is a kind of a groundbreaking capability for the industry that really struggles with getting consistency and quality on the inbound order. Uh, and being able to sort of workflow that order and compare it against existing data that you might have in your system, uh, compare it against, um, you know, address information from the Postal Service and other lookups to really provide quality enhancements uh, to the data before really committing it to an order and starting to work it through the system. So our research and, and our efforts to really understand sort of how orders arrive in a title uh, environment and in an escrow environment leads us to conclude that there's some major efficiencies in the way that the order data and the documents are handled and managed and you know providing better visibility to uh, the parties that are involved and to the referring agent and really helping to progress that transaction to the next step i think speed and efficiency is a big uh, gain from what we're doing with this order sync enhancement so we're very excited about that um, and again you know this industry is is great at managing people and and communication and and ensuring a successful closing. Uh, we think that we're just at the cusp here of starting uh, some really significant ways of rethinking process, uh, all the way from the very beginning of it to the to the very end. So these are two products that will be coming in 2018 that we're um, spending a lot of time on. William, let's talk about one of your other ventures that's uh, that's being built right now, Appio. Uh, talk about addressing big problems. Tell us about Appio and, and what, what, what those outside the title industry should expect from Appio because this isn't necessarily a title-related venture here. Yeah, so Appio is kind of funny. It, uh, it, we, we leverage the same infrastructure technology, right? So we talk about premising and we talk about being able to integrate with on-premise systems and do magical things with the data. Um, we're just applying that capability in an entirely new and novel way to create value for companies. And so one of the biggest issues that all small businesses have, it's working capital. And if you were to sort of try to come at solving the working capital problem uh, from Wall Street's vantage point, 
uh, or from a bank's vantage point or from any other vantage point, you would come up with a very different solution than if you're coming at it from a data integration standpoint. So what's really interesting, Mark, is that using this technology and sort of thinking about the working capital problem, not from a finance standpoint, but looking at it as a data problem, we came up with something that's groundbreaking, and that's Appio. So what Appio does is Appio integrates with an accounting system. So it doesn't matter if it's uh, QuickBooks Premier, QuickBooks Pro, or if it's Sage 100, or if it's an industry-specific uh, solution, or it's a cloud solution like NetSuite, doesn't really matter. Uh, our software has the ability to connect with any data source and to be able to move any data anywhere it needs to go. So Appio, by virtue of it connecting to an accounting system, uh, is able to extract information about invoices. It understands the relationship of those invoices and the customers that you do business with. And it rates that information. It says, hey, William has been doing business with Mark. How long has William been doing business with Mark? What does that tell us with respect to the quality of Mark as a buyer and his ability to pay and his timeliness of paying? And what sort of credit picture can we glean from that relationship? And so when you think about the challenges with small business funding, a lot of it is because the small business goes to apply for a loan and they don't have credit. But interestingly, they work with customers that do. And so when you think about it, the invoice isn't coming from the sale of your house if you default on the loan. The invoice is, that means that there's revenue coming from your customer. So if you could understand the quality of that revenue, and you could make predictions regarding the timeliness of the payment by your customer, you have the basis of a working capital solution that allows you to front money in real time. So Appio provides a in branded installer that goes to a small business and we call it three clicks to cash. You simply install the Appio software. It works its magic to look at open invoices that have not been paid. It rates those invoices and it matches those invoices, Mark, to an investor in the Appio marketplace. And then we simply send an email back to the, the business owner and we say, hey, we found four invoices that are eligible for early pay. Would you like to get cash today? And if they click yes, we begin the process of actually insuring those invoices with our partner. We fund those early and we wire money to their bank account. So kind of an interesting play in solving not a data integration problem. We actually looked at the business and we said the biggest issue that's facing small businesses is working capital. How do we use data integration and we use our capability with Appio to move data, to repurpose data, reformat it, inspect it, understand it. Uh, and we realized very quickly that we had the ability to leverage that to be able to provide what the business needs which is, hey, I need to grow my business. I need some working capital. So, so Appio is doing some really exciting things. And the integration with the accounting system does a, a number of things. I think the most important for a small business is it just makes it easy, meaning you don't have to fill out 12 pages of forms. You don't have to you know, wait six weeks for a decision from a bank. You don't have to put your house up as collateral. I mean, it's just small business lending today is incredibly painful 
it's very inefficient and it's not only a bad experience for the borrower it's also hard for the lender because you know they have a fixed process for underwriting loans and if they're going to put 50,000 to work or 5 million it's the same amount of cost right they still have an underwriting process they've got to gather all the documents they've got to gather the information they've got to make sense of it it's got to go through a committee so banks inherently have a big cost structure around lending and what Appio is doing is eroding that cost structure so that you know, small businesses, frankly, can just get cash with a couple of clicks and they can go about growing their business, which is really what they're trying to do. So very exciting. And, uh, you know, you look at it on the surface, you'd say these are two businesses that are completely unrelated. But the DNA for both Title.io and Appio is identical. And that is, wow, we have the ability through this premising software to be able to connect and move and and manipulate data in remarkably efficient and effective ways. And that's what's given rise to Appio as a fintech play. William, for someone who really loves and appreciates technology, and you certainly do, I'm very curious to hear your response to my last question, which I love asking. If you had your choice to be part of uh, a specific error, you know, say a, uh, at some point in the past, any decade, any any span of 100 years, at our current time, the present, or at some point in the future, um, where does William Borghetti want to be living? And when I say the past, it could really be any time you can name the era. <laughs> that's a great question, Mark, and that's a tough one to, to answer. And I know you're probably looking to pin me down on a particular one, but let me yeah. defer and say it. A little bit of all, uh, uh, if uh, I could have my way, right? Can't, you can't say all. You can't say all. We would all say all. We would all take little bits and pieces. <laughs> you got to choose one, William. Well, the uh, you know, if you if you know anything about me, you know that uh, I'm a great fan and and student of the Renaissance of the greats. Um, there's something that's particularly just you know, exciting about the material advancements that our species made during that time in, in our history. Um, I think that, you know, the future always is uncertain. And I think there's a lot of great things that are happening in terms of technological advancement. I think that there's a lot of great things that will happen uh, with, you know, greater information flow, improvements in transportation, uh, improvements in automation, uh, improvements in science and in health. Um, but I think if I had to pick one of the three, I would say that the present is probably the best. And here's why I would say that. Uh, we get to benefit from what we know of the past, and we can kind of live vicariously through those that pioneered that. Um, I think we have inclinations and we have glimpses of what the future may hold, and we can kind of see that. But I also think that there's problems in the future with – you know, our administration, I think there's problems on the you know, geopolitical landscape. I think there's problems environmentally. Um, I think that there's overcrowding and, and a lot of things that we used to take for granted as kids are just no longer experienced or even possible experiences uh, in the future. So I think we're kind of in the middle of that nexus where uh, quality of life is incredibly high and we still have the ability to find a couple of remote spots in the world that haven't been encroached upon and haven't been discovered and haven't been trampled. Um, but I worry that in the future that may not be the case, right? So 
you know, the other thing as a technologist um, that excites me, Mark, is that the data revolution is as big or probably bigger than the internet revolution. And what I mean about that is the internet sort of was a way to provide connectivity to individual nodes uh, on a network. And all of a sudden, Mark can just plug in and get connected, and William can plug in and get connected. So once you have the infrastructure to be able to connect everything, what you send through that becomes the most important, right? Just like we're connected today on email and we're sharing a web page, we might be sh uh, sharing a voice call. We trivialize the fact that we're connected, but we place great importance on the stuff that we're leveraging on that connection, right? So the data revolution is huge because I think it opens up our eyes with respect to how things can be automated, like think of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Those applications are impossible without data and frankly, without large data sets. But imagine a title company, just think about this for a second, that could start an order, could search an order, could troubleshoot problems, and could close itself. And just imagine what a human is doing in that equation today and how proper data and how proper technology could really get to a point where the bulk of what is today very heavy human lifting to get a home closed and filed could be 90% automated through intelligent software made possible by data and integration with remote uh, systems. And I think that, you know, that's exciting. Not so much I want to displace everybody working in a title company. It's really not the effect of my purpose behind my statement. It's just a provocation to really think through how exciting changes to business models are. And all the different types of businesses that are possible and ways that value can be created and value can be added um, that we haven't even scratched the surface, right? It's just like an entirely new wave of businesses, new wave of, of uh, economic development and, and prosperity. So uh, that's why I think that, you know, we're right in the middle of that. And for me to, you know, throw that exciting part of uh, our era out to go pursue what has either already occurred or what may occur in the future would be a big gamble. So uh, that's my two cents. I love the answer. I, no, I, I give you credit for thinking it through. William, um, give the listeners, how do they get in touch with you and Title.io? Yeah, or? so uh, we're involved, Mark, as you know, uh, with a number of ventures. And so Definity invests in uh, data-centric startups. Title.io is one of those. Appio is one of those. My email address is william at definity.com, and that's spelled D-A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y. Com. And so that, that'll get uh, to me. And of course, I'd be happy to, to broaden the discussion or conversation if anybody wanted to, to continue it or, or talk further. Thanks. Th thanks, William, for your time. And, you know, we'll definitely chat soon. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much, Mark. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's discussion on automation and all things technology with William Bergetti. If you did enjoy, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend who may also enjoy the show. 
You can also follow me on Twitter at Shawzy99 or email me at mshaw at www.landtransfer.com. Thanks for listening to Shawzy 24-7.